the positions in the C-suite are important. Well, you hope so at least. But there is something particularly important about the general counsel. Job one for the GC has always been to keep the company in compliance on the right side of the law. But increasingly, the GC has become the trusted advisor for both the CEO and the board on a whole host of company issues. For Tracy Harris, that means one thing. If I'm calling and talking to the head of sales, you know what, I expect him to spin things. Uh, you know, that's just the nature of that person um, who's in that role. The general counsel, I want an absolute straight dialogue. Hi, I'm Irene Silver with the Vanguard Network. Gracie Harris is currently on the board of Ziff Davis, an international digital media and internet company. For the last 20 years, she has served on a number of boards for companies and nonprofits, and she has dealt with a lot of general counsels in her time, which made her a valuable session leader at a recent Vanguard Forum for GCs. She talked with Garrick Isert, who is Vice Chair of GC Programs for the Vanguard Network, about some of the do's and don'ts for successful GCs. I love attorneys. Like, you guys keep everything working and you think of things that I don't think of. And you're a partner, you approach things differently, you keep things structured. Um, I love attorneys. I even married an attorney. So that's, um, but, um, and by the way, I've worked with almost all the major law firms in the US um, and over the course of, of that work. What that means is I'm not scared of attorneys either. And so when I want, when I feel it's necessary, I pick up the phone and I call, um, whether that's inside counsel or outside counsel. Let's put the board of director hat on. When you think about a GC, what makes a good relationship and what are you really looking for? The number one thing is I'm looking uh, for a GC to build and maintain trust uh, with the board of directors. First and foremost thing, and I'm thinking of this really for my public company uh, roles, is keep the board in compliance. Like, we all want to do a good job. Um, we have to adhere to the charters of the company. We have to adhere to SEC regulations, NASDAQ regulations, New York Stock Exchange, and broadly good governance practices. We want to do a good job. We need your help in making sure that we are adhering uh, to all of our compliance uh, regular uh, requirements. And that helps us avoid a negative outcome. We don't want to give anyone a chance to sue us or sue the company. And that's one of your big roles from our perspective as a board. You're doing that every day in your jobs and you're doing it 24 hours. And we know that and you know that, but how do you show the board um, that you're keeping us in compliance because that's really important to us. And so one, like it sounds administrative, but it's really important. Once a year, put out to us um, an agenda for the year of all the topics that we're covering in the board meetings and in the committee meetings and make sure that we are covering everything we need to cover from a regulatory standpoint and from good governance standpoint and sit down and talk us through it. Once a year, tell us why different agenda items are on the list. This is one of our main ways that we 
engage with the companies through our board meetings. And you guys are setting the agenda. So show us how this agenda is um, protecting the company and then also making sure that we're looking at broader issues. Another part of showing us that you're keeping us in compliance is bringing outside counsel, bringing Debevoys <laughs> once a year um, to, uh, to discuss things like what are the upcoming regulations that you as a board are going to need to be aware of um, uh, in the course of the next year or two? What do you need to be thinking about from the company's perspective? And of course, most recently, as um, you're all aware, you know, we had our pay versus performance, which we had to start reporting on universal proxy. We have greenhouse gas emissions. How many of us actually understand how to calculate and how we need to be reporting that and what's the requirement? Not a lot of us. Um, and we need you as um, general counsel to bring in the outside experts and have that group tell us what's coming up and what we need to be thinking about. Um, and we also want that GC to tell us as a board um, what's best practice um, in, uh, for companies in terms of operating and um, how these best practices apply to your company. And it gives the board an opportunity to ask an independent outside person, where are we in the scale of, yeah, we're barely meeting it, we are way overperforming, we're right down the fairway, or you know what, we've really got to step it up here. And we get to talk about if we're barely meeting it, is that okay given our company? And the answer may be yes, but we should be having that active dialogue. And you may think that bringing an outside expert makes the general counsel look weaker. It does not. Absolutely does not. It shows the board that the general counsel is looking after the company and it builds trust uh, for the, from the board to the general counsel. What do you think distinguishes kind of the better GC from the average JC, GC in terms of interactions with the board? My favorite GCs are the ones um, who are my very first call if I'm not going to call the CEO. So I want the GC to be my very first call who takes care of anything, any questions I have, any issues I have. And for me, um, he or she is that central uh, knowledge point within the company. I, I'll just give some examples. You have a board meeting coming up. I don't want to receive emails from five different people who are presenting to the board with five different presentations. That is frustrating. And then someone sends an update. Like, you don't want that. Everything needs to come through the GC. And then also, if we have questions on someone's presentation or what's been covered and what isn't, we call the GC and talk to him. Um, or her, and he or she may then reach back out to the person giving the presentation or not, but I want that person to be the one phone call that I have to make, and he or she is going to take um, care of things. So, for example, if I wanted, if I have a trip to London in two weeks and we bought a company there, um, I may want to go um, take a tour of the new company, go meet the CEO of that um, newly acquired company while I'm there call the GC and have the GC explore whether that's appropriate or not. Um, and okay, and then he can get back to me. Or I can call the CEO, but if I'm not calling the CEO, I want to be, be able to call the GC 
Um, or if there's a topic coming up in a board meeting that I want more background on before the board meeting, I want to get some insight. Why is this on the agenda? Um, why is this here? We haven't talked about it before. Give me a little context for why it's up here, because that lets me get smarter um, and then lets me be a more dynamic participant uh, in a future board meeting. So I want that to be the one phone call. Um, and the thing is, it's a benefit to everyone, because if you're the central hub, you know everything the board's interested in. Um, and that makes you valuable to the board members, but it makes you really valuable to the CEO and the CFO and all the senior management because you know everything the board's interested in. Um, so it's really a benefit uh, for everyone. It's another step in building that trust. What have been the biggest um, mistakes that you've seen general counsel make? So there's um, a couple of things. One, know what you know, know what you don't know, and do not guess. <laughs> and uh, because the GC is a trusted advisor, it, you know, I look at the GC and I look at the CFO kind of comparably. Those are the two positions with the company where I really expect there to be an honest dialogue. If I'm calling and talking to the head of sales, you know what, I expect them to spin things. Uh, you know, that's just the nature of that person um, who's in that role. The general counsel and the CFO, I want an absolute straight dialogue. If you don't know something, and um, don't pretend. And um, What's and an example of that that you've experienced? What are, we're acquiring a company. Um, we had the final purchase price. What's our ongoing obligations to um, the seller? Do we have any? Um, what's the ongoing obligations to the senior executives? Um, are they staying? How long do they need to stay? Uh, what are the terms of that? Could be very specific. It could be about a regulation that's coming up and what are we doing internally to make sure we're adhering to it or getting pre uh, prepared to adhere to it. Could be absolutely anything. Um, just say you don't know, but get back to them within like one or two days because if you don't, that board member is not unlikely to pick up the phone and start calling around the company and you don't want that. Um, I think you want to be that central, you want to be known as the person who can be the trusted person to get the answers. Um, so don't let it drag. I think another area of big mistake, um, and I, I'm thinking about this specifically um, for one organization, general counsel, we have to trust that he or she has the interest of the company. Um, and not necessarily the interest of any specific executive um, at the company. And so I had an instance where it's a relatively newly hired uh, general counsel uh, to the company, and he seemed terrified of the CEO. Everything had been remote, and then we'd, he had only recently started coming in internally. And he seemed, I don't know if he was scared of being fired, I don't know what it was, but he was, his nature was he was a pleaser. And like, I don't want a pleaser as my general counsel. And so when we were in meetings, it felt like the general, it, when a question or an opportunity for figuring something out came up, it seemed like the general counsel was trying to bend the answer to be something that the um, CEO wanted. And that's not what I as a board want. I want what's the right, what are the, what's the issues for the company? What are the different approaches we can take as a company? What are the risks um, for the different paths? I want to straight down the middle, GC. I don't want someone who's bending 
uh, his answers. And I was so, uh, I so could not trust what the GC was telling me to be accurate that I just stopped communicating with him. I mean, I communicate with him. He was a lovely guy. But I picked up the phone. I just started working with outside counsel. I did not have the time. I didn't have the trust. And that is the last thing you, as general counsels, want is for your board member to bypass you and just start calling outside counsel. Because um, they don't trust that you're giving them accurate information or timely information. That was Tracy Harris, board member for Ziv Davis, speaking with the Vanguard Network's Garrick Isert. Podcasts like this one are just some of the benefits of joining the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silver. Thanks for listening.